On this episode, Detroit fails to make the playoffs, but they have a winning season. I'll talk about that more. Plus, TCU gets absolutely demolished, curb stomped, embarrassed, any adjective you could think of, as Georgia goes on to win the national championship 65-7. to You'll find that and a lot more in this episode of the Guest Look Podcast. Here we go. It is Tuesday, January 10th, one day after the national championship. Welcome back to the Get Stoke Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Stoke, and we are just getting right into it. Georgia, TCU, a matchup that a lot of people would think would be less of a curb stopping or a complete domination than anything else, as Georgia just erupts to a 65-7 to victory over the Horn Frogs. And I got to say, I watched this uh, game, and it was Georgia all the way. There's no other thing to describe it. Georgia is just on a whole nother level than TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, and the majority of college football as a whole. This is a... I'd say a, a statement win. The first team to go back to back in the playoff era. And the f- really the first where it's not Alabama or Clemson. And the last time a team went back to back, it was Alabama in the 11 and 12 seasons. Now, for this being a potential uh, statement win, I'd have to say it is because Georgia's basically letting the whole country know that this is the new standard for college football. This is the top of the mountain. This team right here is going to be up top in the top 10, top five maybe for a very, very long time. And I won't be surprised if Kirby Smart goes a three-peat here next year as the way too early top 25 has already come out. They're number one. And Kirby Smart... Of course, is losing losing Stenson Bennett, their MVP quarterback, and they're losing a whole lot of other players, but they are bringing in a lot more from recruiting, from the transfer portal. Georgia is, yes, losing players, but they will reload. And that is now the name of the game. It's not rebuild, it's reload. And Alabama has done that for some time. Clemson has done that for some time. Ohio State... Now it's Georgia's turn to do that as well. And I won't be surprised if they win another championship. And granted, who's going to compete against them? They basically beat the system with recruiting and all of this stuff. And it's just, it's going to be tiresome after a while. Much like how it was Alabama and Clemson for four, five, six years straight in the championship. It was just, everyone else was like, okay. We're tired of this. We want someone else. Well, you got someone else. You have Georgia, TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State in this past playoff. Now, another question is, what is Michigan going to do? Blake Corum is coming back. J. 
J.J. McCarthy is going to be next year's starter. Jim Harbaugh is up in the air again as he interviewed for a a position with the Broncos and the Panthers, I believe. I could be wrong on one of those, but the Broncos is confirmed. And this is nothing new. This uh, coaching carousel is nothing new with Michigan. We've heard it since the day he arrived, since the first year was over, after they won the Citrus Bowl against Florida. And every every single year, it's the same narrative. Is Jim Harbaugh going to leave and go back to the NFL? For, for the last eight years, it's been no. But this year may be a little different because he said at the very end of the Big Ten Championship that he's enthusiastically coming back in 2023. Now it is 2023 and all this stuff's coming out. And I would not be surprised if he does go back to the NFL. Yes, I'd be a little bit butthurt about it because Michigan is playing their best football that they've had in a long time. Back-to-back Big Ten titles, back-to-back college football playoff appearances, and several All-American candidates. You have a Heisman contending running back returning to the lineup where he could potentially be a Heisman candidate candidate, excuse me, again. Michigan is going to be in a tough spot this year. Alabama is going to be in a tough spot. Everyone is going to be in a tough spot except Georgia. They are probably the favorite to win it again, even though it's one day after the national championship. And I don't I don't blame everyone's thinking, oh, you know what? Georgia could do a three-peat. I, this early in the season, I could see it happening. But if I were to call it right now, Michigan's going to go all the way. I'm calling it now. You heard it here first. It'll be on my Twitter. I'm going to tweet it out. You heard it here first. Someone may have gone back in 2016 and said Michigan will win the 2023-2024 national championship. I don't know. But as far as I can tell, you heard it here first. Michigan will win the Big Ten championship again. Do a three-peat of that. Three-peat of beating Ohio State. And the thing about it is Michigan has embraced this new era of Michigan football. We're done losing to Ohio State. We're done being the underdogs. We are done being the Michigan team that cannot compete on the next level. Michigan is at a turning point where you can either get with the times or fall behind. And they're done falling behind. Yes, Michigan is 1-7 in seven or 1-6 in, in bowl games. That time needs to happen now where they reverse that. Michigan, this is a new point for the football program. This is a new point for the whole country. Not just you, not just Georgia, not Stanford, not Washington, not Nebraska, everyone. Where the college football playoff is expanding to 12 teams. The Rose Bowl is not going to be as significant as it once was. And the national championship is going to bounce around with every single year in all of these pricey stadiums. And I will say, SoFi Stadium is a phenomenally beautiful stadium. Really expensive to build, but really nice. 
And the fact that they did not allow tailgating is an it's it's an atrocity. It is terrible. I hate it. And tailgating is a big part of college football tradition. And the fact that you take it away is just an abomination to that tradition. For the fact of you wanting to sell sixteen dollar beers and twenty dollar food items in the stadium is just absurd. It's it's. It's not a good look. And yes, people will be willing to pay all that kind of money. But the fact that this is going to potentially happen again is not a good look. And I feel like a lot of people are going to get tired of the no tailgating because they want to bring their own beer. They want to play cornhole. They want to throw footballs and they want to grill out before the game. That's just a part of football. You cannot take that away. And with all this new stuff happening, we as a country, we as a fan base are entering a very unique stage of the sport. Something that we have never seen before where the playoff is now going to be 12 teams similar to what March Madness is going to be, but on a much smaller scale. And granted, they're never going to go to 64 teams with the playoff. I, I'm sorry, you just cannot. It's impossible with everything else going on. The NFL, college basketball, hockey, all of it, baseball. You just can't do it. It's not going to be plausible. It's not going to be feasible. But after this year, it, this is going to be a turning point for college athletics. Because things are not going to be what they used to be. Things are going to be more expensive. Things are going to be much bigger, better. I don't know how else to call it. But things are changing. And Michigan and Georgia are attempting to take that to the next level. Especially Georgia. They just proved it last night. They have taken things to the next level and said, this is going to be the new standard And only a few teams are going to be able to succeed at it. And that's going to be so apparent in this new college playoff format where 12 teams, you may have an upset, but in the end, the best team will always win. That's always been the case. But it's the best team with the best recruits, the best talent, the best development, and then the best NIL deals. That's going to be included. So I'm really excited but concerned and intrigued. I'm going to kind of all add that in there just to see how college football plays out. And as the NIL deals keep rolling out, things are going to go out of control. But hopefully they can be brought back down, regulated a little bit. But again, this is a new era and it's the future. We'll see what happens. On Sunday... It was a time of reflection from the regular season. Week 18 of the regular season has now come and gone. The playoffs are set. The Packers have been eliminated. And the Seahawks take the seventh seed in the NFC. Thank you to the Detroit Lions who finished 9-8 and and have a winning season since 2017. And... That is fun to say. It really is to have a winning season after five, six years. And the Lions are not the same old Lions. This is a whole new narrative for them as well. Much like how college football is emerging into a new era, the Lions appear to be 
going into a new era as well, where Dan Campbell and his staff, Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, Sheila Ford Hamp, they're all invested in the future and what can Detroit do? What can Detroit do now? How they can do in the future? And how they can learn from the past, which they've done terribly for the last 50, 60 years. They have never learned from their past. They have been a old record repeating itself. And I got to say, I am loving what the Lions have done in these past few weeks, past few months. I'm really excited to see what they can do in the future. And this is a new page in the franchise. Jared Goff has been playing phenomenally. He has seven interceptions all season. The offensive line is one of the best. The lo- the offense of the Lions have been top 10. And they've been one of the best scoring offenses in the country, in the NFL. And yes, their, re- their record doesn't really reflect that. But their defense has stepped up when they needed to most. They've developed so much. They've come such a long way. And it is truly exciting to see a new chapter in this franchise that has been the dumpster fire of the NFL for so long. And they've tried to do things differently time and time again, but failed every single time. But now it seems like things are finally taking a turn. The Lions have exceeded all of my expectations this season. And for those who are calling for Dan Campbell's head after they go one and six, they can just screw themselves. They, they, I don't call them true fans. They were overreacting about this season. And then as soon as things were turning around, they're praising Dan Campbell like nothing had ever happened. Like they've been with him the whole way. When in reality, they're trashing him the minute that they lost five, six games. Now this moment after they beat the Packers at Lambeau 20 to 16 that moment was a new chapter beginning I lost the word there for a second they have a new standard when it comes to Detroit football to Lions football you either go to the playoffs or you beat the Packers and granted the Packers are always going to hopefully lose to us in the next few years, depending on whether or not uh, Aaron Rodgers stays or if he goes. So Lions now have a new expectation, and that is to make the playoffs. That is to beat ten game or nine games. You can go ten and seven, eleven and six, twelve and five, thirteen and four, fourteen and three, fifteen two, sixteen one, or seventeen and zero. And hopefully seventeen and zero would be great, but it's extremely hard to do with this team next year I know it's a little early and they're of course not in the playoffs I'm predicting that they will be second in the NFC North behind Minnesota or that they are first in the NFC North with Minnesota behind them and they will win 12 games this season they'll go 12 and 5 clinch the NFC North at the very end of the season with Minnesota tailing them at 10 wins. Now, a lot of teams about a lot of people, I should say, have been complaining about the Vikings all seasons that they are the worst 
team to finish th- w- their record, which at the top of my head is 13 and 4 or 14 and 3. The number truly escapes me. And the Vikings, they've been they've been good. I mean, they haven't been great, but they've been good enough to make the playoffs. And with the Vikings having a new head coach, Kirk Cousins is finally looking like a productive quarterback after being unproductive for so long. You have Justin Jefferson. A lot of things are starting to turn around for Minnesota as well. Packers had a late push for the playoffs. They lost. Chicago is, I don't want to say the new dumpster fire, but they had a very terrible season this year. And now they have the number one overall pick. So, that being said, I think the Lions are very capable of winning the NFC North with Chicago, Green Bay looking to rebuild and the Vikings looking to reload. And the Lions, granted if they keep Johnson and Glenn as their OC and DCs respectively, I would really love to see how Dan Campbell uh, faces all of this adversity, all this new stuff happening with the Lions saying, you know what, we can do better and the majority of the teams coming back. We can win the NFC North. We can go to the playoffs. That will be the new standard. Granted, if every year it doesn't happen, I wouldn't be completely mad about it. But that should be a new standard. It should be consistent. Detroit has a new culture. And it and as a Lions fan for so long, it has been tiring just to see the same old Lions lose close games or lose games that they definitely should have won. It is exciting to see them win. It from 3 and 14 last year to 9 and 8, that is a huge improvement. No one saw this coming. No one thought the Lions would be in a position to potentially win the NFC North next year. No one thought they'd be 8 and 8 at the end of the season. I'd say everyone thought they'd be 7 and 7 and 10 or 6 and 11. Win a few more games than last year, but no, they've exceeded all expectations, getting better and better as each game has gotten on, especially after after they went 1 and 6. So give credit to the Lions where credit is due. Give credit to Jared Goff. He has been one of the best quarterbacks and he is not getting enough credit for it. Yes, he's getting credit for it, but he is not getting enough credit for it and to those who said last year Jared Goff was the problem you guys are dead wrong Jared Goff was never the problem he felt comfortable he actually had targets he could throw to he could escape the pocket when he was needed to and that was not very often he had a very solid running game with Jamal Williams who broke Barry Sanders touchdown record for the Lions with 17 touchdowns and DeAndre Swift Granted, DeAndre Swift hasn't had the best of luck with being injured almost all the time, but after the Packers game, we actually have a very consistent run game. We have a consistent passing game. We have an offense that can compete with anybody, and they proved that Thanksgiving Day against the Bills. Yes, they definitely should have won that game, but clock management excuse me, was not on their side. So give credit where credit is due to the Detroit Lions and I am impressed. I have been shell-shocked 
with how this Lions team ha- has become. I'm I'm incredibly proud of how far they progressed. And again, with that being said, now we can turn to the playoffs, which the ne- this upcoming weekend is the beginning of the wild card spot where you have Kansas City on the bye, you have Philadelphia on the bye, and the wild card being Minnesota versus the New York Giants, Seattle against San Francisco. And this is just in the NFC as of right now. Dallas and Tampa, and that's it for NFC. You have Baltimore at Cincinnati, Miami at Buffalo, Los Angeles at Jacksonville. And I'll dive into these games more on Friday. But if I were to choose an early Super Bowl matchup, I would I would have to argue San Francisco versus Buffalo would be really cool. That would be such an epic Super Bowl. Where Buffalo's their first time going to the Super Bowl, Josh Allen's leading the team. They're going to go win it all for DeMar Hamlin, who was one of their safeties that stepped up in a very fantastic way. And everyone knows the story at this point. But Buffalo is my early pick to win the Super Bowl over San Francisco. And some people may say Brock Purdy of the 49ers is going to lead the team all the way. But he is going to face some challenges from Seattle, from Minnesota, from New York, potentially from Dallas or Tampa Bay or even Philadelphia for that matter. And I will say this about the Eagles. If Jalen Hurts is healthy, they are going to go pretty far into the playoffs. When he's not, they are going to struggle. And they may not get past the divisional round. On the flip side of things, Kansas City has been the most dominant team in the AFC. Buffalo is just right behind them. Cincinnati behind them. And a lot of people could say Cincinnati's going to go all the way for it, which is definitely possible after their Cinderella run last year where they beat the Raiders, where they beat the Titans, where they beat the Chiefs, and then they faced off against the Rams in the Super Bowl. If I were to break it down, just an early pick, I'd say the the Bengals beat the Ravens, the Bills beat the Dolphins, Chargers beat Jacksonville, and then Kansas City beats San D- or Los Angeles, and so on and so forth. But again, I'll get into this on Friday. I'm excited to see how these playoffs turn out. I am truly going to be excited for when the Super Bowl comes around in February. But, we're, of course, we're going to have to wait until Saturday. Before I go, I, of course, have to mention... All of the winter sports that are occurring right now. Hockey, basketball, and the very tail end of football, which I just mentioned. But earlier today, Michigan State upset Wisconsin 69-65. And as the season continues and football dies down a little bit, I'm going to be transitioning more over for basketball. Some of the biggest updates. And I'm going to try to talk more about hockey and Granted, I'm not, I was never the biggest hockey guy growing up, and that didn't change until college for me, where I went to my first AHL game, the Grand Rapids Griffins, with my parents, and that was a turning point for me in sports. This is 
something in my mind that I wanted to cherish for a very long time. And hockey was it because it was exciting. It was fast paced. It was a little bit more aggressive than what I was familiar with. But overall, it was truly exciting and phenomenal to watch. I don't know why I didn't go sooner. I didn't know why I didn't go to a Red Wings game when I was a kid. Granted, I had a four-hour drive ahead of me from northern Michigan down to Detroit. But in college, I had I had a hockey game right down the street from me. And it was phenomenal. And I got to say, Grand Rapids is definitely a hockey town outside of Detroit. And if you've never watched hockey, it's very different live than on TV. I would recommend going to a live game if you are able to. But TV on... TV hockey just does not hit the same. But as the season goes on, I'm going to be definitely talking more about hockey. And I'm really excited to see how the NHL, the AHL, college, they all pan out towards April. That does it for me on this Tuesday edition of the Get Stoked Podcast. Like I said earlier in the episode, come back Friday for my takes on the wild card round of the NFL I'll break down anything that I find interesting on this podcast. I may need, I may even uh, preview a guest that I have coming up. You never know. So until then, have a good week. Stay warm. We will see you all Friday. Got it.